Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach with Think Chat, and welcome to confession number 103, where we're going to find experts in our local community. Now that we've had a chance to stretch our learning to think a bit deeper about our standards, let's think about how we're going to leverage the local community and beyond to add value to the learning and the teaching. Now, there are many people within our local community that quite simply want to give back, but just don't know how to do it. Um, they have lots of services to offer. It's just about us asking them. They're a valuable resource to adding a richness to the learning and teaching without it requiring a lot of money. And many of us are teaching in circumstances where we don't have a lot of resources. So we have to be we have to think outside of the box, right? We have to try to figure out how we're going to manage this. And for those of us who are very resource rich, it's also about stretching your capacity to think beyond the parameters of what you usually do within a school setting. So let's look at some information from our last episode and build onto it by finding some experts at the local level. And this naturally leads to planning for action. It just does. So let's think about our content standard. We're going back to energy. Energy is probably something that most, well, all schools teach. And it goes, spans across multiple grade levels. But how are we going to do it? Maybe we'll look at it from an issue of access to balanced food and clean water. I'm speaking about the community I recently served in, but I have worked in classroom settings where there was no endless amount of resources for um, good food and water. Yet, I saw many children still come with an unbalanced diet. A lot of processed foods, a lot of chips and sweets and um, sugary drinks even though they had access to a lot of resources. So thinking about that, if we're looking at it from the local level, you know, about having a balanced diet. Um, so when I'm thinking about the community I recently served, many of them didn't have the means to purchase a lot of healthy foods um, because it was cheaper to purchase unhealthy snacks. It's just how it is. And oftentimes their water source, it might be clean for bathing, but maybe not fit for regular consumption of drinking. And that's something that's highly important. This is why a lot of people in lower income settings tend to drink soda and other things because it's cheaper than buying oftentimes water. So thinking about this, what's our possible resolution? to provide more nutritionally balanced meals in schools. No more processed meats and side dishes. Now, this might not speak to you. Also provide tap water filters or life straws to lower income renters and homeowners. Might not resonate with you. But you've got to think that within the world's population of schools, even especially in, within the PYP framework or IB umbrella, there's a lot of impoverished children that are in these umbrellas. And we often think of the ideal or the norm of what we see on TV that everyone has the 
the means to to live and subsist, but that's not necessarily the case. So how, if we are in the situation where we're having some children have access issues, well, what can we do within our school community to make a difference? So the first thing that comes to my mind is um, possibly, um, we're talking about local inquiry, right? A possibility. And when I'm thinking about local inquiry, my friends, it automatically just spurs to action. But children want to know what are possible ways I can inquire into this. We're having an imbalance of food and water access. What can possibly be researched? Well, we could look at the potential of the types of foods that are offered at the school. We could look at um, reaching out to the greater community as well. So within the school setting, you might interview the nutritional services manager at the campus to discuss the process of preparing meals and see if there's possible alternatives to some of the most frequent choices. Many times they're just delivered food they don't cook, they just eat. And so who makes those decisions? Do we have to go up the food chain per se? Um, and then thinking about, I think the most undermined resource in a school is oftentimes the parents. Thinking about this, there's probably parents out there who might not be by trade. For instance, they might be business accountants, but their passion for life is about nutrition, um, healthy eating, exercise, um, mindfulness, that mind-body connection. And they might want to come in and, um, you know, help support the unit. Also thinking about asking your principal or the PTO to sponsor a water filtration system on one of the drinking fountains to encourage the use of reusable water bottles. That's a possibility. Now, those are some things that we could possibly do. Do you notice how these are possible inquiries? things to inquire about, but also, my goodness, it's just like action, action, action. So go beyond the school community. Um, thinking about reaching out to different programs outside of the school that offer food and fresh water supply to people in lower income areas. They exist. They're numerous. Possibly bring in um, a nutrition... Uh, cannot say that word, nutritionist or pediatrician to discuss the benefits of healthy eating and drinking water on a regular basis, to encourage and show possibly the side effects of that from a medical standpoint. Maybe that doesn't reach out to a lot of children. So thinking about, well, how are we going to encourage them? There's a lot of sports teams um, that have mascots who do a lot of um, shows within schools, we have several of them from the baseball and basketball team that come around talking about study habits, healthy living, um, things like that. And maybe they could come and talk about a balanced diet and smart eating choices. Possibly, if it's near your location, is visiting a water filtration plant to see how fresh water is processed and learn about the scarcity of fresh water supply and how to conserve it at school and home. 
Maybe another possibility is to reach out to local bakeries and restaurants to find out what they do with the leftover food and how it can be distributed or what they're doing to distribute that extra food into the local community. As you can see, when we think from the lens of making local connections, it naturally blends into taking action. How could it not, right? And there's, and it largely depends also on the topic you're exploring. We're trying to solve real world problems with resources in our local area. And the main objective of local-based inquiry is to help our learners recognize that there are many resources locally that can solve most of our problems. They might require a lot of planning. It might take a lot of time. It might take time beyond a, a unit of inquiry. It might take some energy. It might take resources, but it can be done. And the main point is it's not gonna be instant, but it can be done. And for children who are living in lower income areas, this demonstrates that there are people within the local community that care. And oftentimes they don't think that, to be honest, or don't know who to look up to. Now you're setting them and providing them an example. And they're being surrounded by people who want to help where they can. It's about building awareness of systems and tools to leverage in order to maximize the support. I learned a lot about this when I was working in my last school. I was always so impressed by how my counselor, my wraparound specialist, and my community and schools representative gather resources from the local community members and sponsors to better the life of the community, giving away food and clothing and school supplies and incentivizing with bicycles, you name it, it was given away. And I just absolutely love that part of giving, but also having children understanding where the gift came from. But then for children who are living in areas of the city that um, are not impoverished, going through this process helps them to see a broader range of living conditions and issues within society that they might not be personally affected, their families might be personally financially viable, but it helps them to take part in making a difference in someone else's life. And it's powerful getting these learners to recognize that not all of the world lives like them so that it, it embodies gratitude while serving other people. So important. And in my book, that's a win-win. When all people walk away better from local inquiries, why not, right? So I hope you, I don't know, I really like this episode. It really stretched my thinking, made me think about how am I leveraging the local community to come into my unit of inquiry? That's so important. And I'm gonna circle back. I think the most undervalued and underused resource is our parents. I know many people are afraid to have them come in because they feel like it's being judged. Well, that speaks to the school culture. Personally, I didn't really care. I wanted as many, I learned from my mother that the more parents in your classroom, the better. She was constantly having parents helping with administrative tasks like bulletin boards. Um, she did all the correcting of papers, but I'm saying she had them do things for her because they wanted to. 
and come in for classroom um, celebrations, as well as helping um, advocate for on the PTO, advocating for resources, all of that, adding to the learning, um, helping to support small group uh, interventions. It, it was a, my mom was a master at that. And I have always wondered why people don't leverage and utilize the parents more. Because I think that even in most impoverished areas, I've seen parents who are just hungry to be involved in the school. So let's let them. And my goodness, I saw more community involvement in my at-risk school community than I did at my affluent community. What does that say? And, oh, and something that I, okay, I'm going to add this one last little thing before I move on, is that I tried as much with the units of inquiry to incorporate my parents and I would give them a list of the different topics we were going to explore in the different year, a part of the year and ask them, Hey, what topics resonate with you? Which ones really speak to um, your preference and your interests, even if they weren't an expert in it. And then you had your resident experts coming in to enrich the unit. How powerful is that? Plus building relationships all about relational building. Before I ramble on more, my friends, ah, this ends this episode. I can't wait to go to the next one and get started. How fun. Talk to you soon.